Chapter Nine of the Privilege of Pain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Privilege of Pain by Carolyn Kane Mills Everett. Chapter Nine: Statesmen and Politicians. We now come to the statesmen and politicians robert cecil first earl of salisbury secretary of state under queen elizabeth and lord treasurer under james i was a statesman who all his life wielded immense power to the undoubted benefit of his country yet in person he was in strange contrast to his rivals at court being deformed and sickly elizabeth styled him her pygmy his enemies vilified him as wry neck crooked back and splayfoot in bacon's essay of deformity he paints his cousin to the life john somers lord keeper under william and mary was in some respects i am quoting macaulay the greatest man of his age he was equally eminent as a jurist as a politician and as a writer his humanity was the more remarkable because he received from nature a body such as is generally found united to a peevish and irritable mind his life was one long malady his nerves were weak his complexion livid his face prematurely wrinkled william the third i've already mentioned and now comes a name to conjure with the great lord clive founder of the british empire at eighteen he went out to india and shortly afterwards the effect of the climate on his health began to show itself in those fits of depression during one of which he ended his life we see in his end the result of physical suffering of chronic disease which opium failed to abate william pitt earl of chatham one of the greatest statesmen england ever had suffered from hereditary gout the attacks continued from boyhood with increasing intensity to the close of his life he was for two years mentally unbalanced yet after that he returned to parliament and directed for eight years all the power of his eloquence in favor of the american colonies dr johnson said walpole was a minister given by the king to the people but pitt was a minister given by the people to the king whatever we may think of marat as a man we cannot deny that he occupies a large place in the history of his time yet he was always delicate so much so that after the completion of one of his books he lay in a stupor during thirteen days in seventeen eighty eight he was attacked by a terrible malady from which he suffered during the whole of his revolutionary career pitt the younger was a sickly child and although he grew into a healthy youth his constitution was early broken by gout owing to an accident in early childhood talleyrand was lamed for life at the time this seemed a great misfortune for owing to his disability 
he forfeited his right of primogenitor and the profession of arms was closed to him no frenchman of his age did so much to repair the ravages wrought by fanatics and autocrats henry fawcett the english politician and economist was accidentally blinded at the age of twenty-five the effect of his blindness was as the event proved the reverse of calamitous by concentrating his energies it brought his powers to earlier maturity than would otherwise have been possible and it had a mellowing influence on his character which in youth had been rough and canny and inclined to harshness gladstone appointed him postmaster-general in eighteen eighty and not england alone but the world as well is deeply indebted to him for the reforms he inaugurated he instituted the parcel post postal orders sixpenny telegrams the banking of small savings by means of stamps and increased facilities for life insurance and annuities cavanaugh was an irish politician and a member of the privy council of ireland he had only the rudiments of legs and arms but in spite of these physical defects he had a remarkable career he learned to ride in the most fearless fashion strapped to a special saddle and managing his horse with the stumps of his arms he also fished shot drew and wrote various mechanical devices supplementing his limited physical capacities end of chapter nine recording by john brandon